Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, well, we are not in the studio today because we are practicing good social distancing. So we are speaking to one another via Zoom. So on the line, Pastor Phil Moran and Pastor Russell Herman. Unfortunately, our other cohort, Jonathan Van Hoogen, cannot be with us today. But uh, brothers, how are you guys? Doing well. All things considered, doing well. Yeah, this is Phil. We're 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 doing well. We're we're missing, you know, uh, we we are definitely missing uh, our our church. Definitely missing being together. And there are yeah. good gifts to be able to connect over uh, Zoom and and uh, live stream worship. But we we really are are yearning for the day when when we can be together again. Yeah. So it's just guys- funny how. When you guys do the live stream, do you have your family in the room with you? Or are you guys just talking to an empty room? Well, uh, when we do live stream worship, we actually have a, a small team of seven people that um, come in. There's two techies there's two. and four, four musicians. Four musicians. And so there's, a, there's a small room. There's seven people in the room. Okay. Is your wife there with you? No, uh, she watches at home. We, we, um, uh, I, w- I wish she could be there, but uh, um, the it's just me and and four musicians, and as I said, two uh, two techies, and uh, we we plug in some video stuff uh, for, uh, for from some other uh, folks if we want to uh, augment various things. But um, anyway, that's it. Okay. What about you, Russ? I record in a room all by myself, so I'm in a room talking to myself, which is pretty normal, so it feels feels about right. <laughs> you said it. Okay, that's all. You, you said it. Just remember that. <laughs> all right. Well, I just want to get the feel for how you guys are doing it. So I'm, I'm just doing it in my uh, living room, and I put this drop cloth behind my window, and uh, people were texting in saying, I'm expecting like the Taliban to come out or something because (laughs) it looks like some sort of kidnapping scene that's happening right there on the video. So, you know, it's, it's certainly not what we want to do, but uh, thank God for the common grace of technology right now that we're able to communicate via these, these uh, platforms and to be able to still preach and share the gospel and see each other face to face. I, I just can't imagine uh, like all communication being shut down, that would be so incredibly hard. I just realized that there are, are churches in the world that this is their norm. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, at least at a minimum, I hope that this is helping the Church of the West to 
have deeper appreciation and sympathy and, and empathy for those Christians that spend their entire um, lives having to worship underground and hidden and, and covertly and all of those things. And um, yeah, absolutely. how much we take for granted worship. There was an article just yesterday uh, on the Discern website. If, if our listeners aren't aware of it, it's disrn.com. Really great website for news uh, from a Christian perspective. And uh, there was a Christian service. Oh, it was the early rain church. Remember those? We talked yeah. about this on the show before. Those two yeah. pastors that were arrested. In so China. they were having, yes, they were having a church service via Zoom. And the officials broke into their house and arrested them for, for having yeah. it via yeah. Zoom. That That is just incredible. Incredible darkness over there. So, yeah, absolutely, Russ. All right, well, on the show, we've been talking the last few days about how uh, God's providence is a comforting doctrine, especially in times of distress and calamity. And one of the things that we have been pressing is that God's care – his providence extends to all people, but it especially is targeted for his church, for his loved ones. And you can just look at the, the history of redemption. You know, God provided an ark for Noah and his family, but the rest of the world perished. God rescued Lot out of Sodom um, before he, he burned it down to the ground. And, and God rescued Israel, but not Egypt. Uh, God uh, cared for his disciples, but not the rest of Israel when it fell to Titus in 70 AD. And so we just see this over and over and over again about God's special care for his people. So Thomas Brooks has been giving us reasons. He was a Puritan who ministered during the bubonic plague in England in 1666. And he's given us reasons why uh, we can trust and know from the Bible that God cares for his people in a special way. So we're at the sixth reason today. And the sixth reason is this, God has sent his angels only to protect and safeguard his people out of all the peoples on the earth. And I, I think this might be a, a strange reason for some of our listeners. I feel like I've underestimated the ministry of angels in my time as a Christian, but the scripture does talk a bit about this, doesn't it brothers? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, Scripture talks about angels all the time and, and God, God's use of angels. And, and by the way, um, in, in the New Testament, uh, the word angel simply means messenger. And uh, angels are God's messengers. Uh, they only speak what they're authorized to say. They never speak on their own authority. Um, and... Uh, but in the New, New Testament, well, Old Testament too, but um, for our purposes, the New Testament, you know, angels are active all the time. And we should assume that they're active all the time today. You know, as, as, as you uh, said, Josh, and I'll, I'll, I'll confess to it also that uh, I have a tendency to underestimate their ministry and God's use of, of them. It's, it's interesting that... Really, what I think what happens in Christendom is we either overemphasize them or underemphasize them. Yes. So everything's about angels, or really nothing's about angels. And in the the middle ground, I think, is really where what's healthy. 
Um, Hebrews 1 says, are they um, angels, not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Um, angels are, are used by God, um, at least in, in large degree, to serve us, the children of God. Um, and my guess is that most of us go week after week and, and don't really give much thought to that. Yeah, right. Well, there's another verse too. Uh, Matthew eighteen ten says, uh, "This is Jesus speaking. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven." Now, I haven't taught that passage. I, I don't know ultimately what what jesus is is driving at deep there but it's it's obvious that uh he's he's making the connection between the care of his people and the ministry of angels you know i don't want to be you know all about all of this but i do there have been some times where i did wonder if if i was being ministered to by angels unaware um i had an incident where at that point in time, it wasn't my, she is my wife, and but we were engaged at this point, but we were attending a weather, uh, wedding in some remote place in um, north central Nebraska. Um, if you drive in eastern Idaho, you might get the sense of what we were dealing with. Um, and we had not, we was, it was after the wedding, we were driving home late. Uh, my wife was driving, her wife-to-be was driving, and um, hadn't met a car for miles and miles and miles. I mean, I don't know how long it had been since we had met anybody. Well, my wife had turned to talk to me, had gone off the road and then overcompensated, went way on the other side and then overcompensated and then sent us into the ditch. And you're thinking, okay, now, now what are we going to do? And literally 10 seconds after we went into the ditch, a car comes up and two huge guys got out of the car and said, um, hey, you guys need a hand pushing out of out of the ditch? I mean, we had gone hours without seeing anybody, mm-hmm. meeting anybody in, in this remote back roads of, of Nebraska. And then seriously, 10 seconds after we go into the ditch, two huge guys come out of a car and say, hey, can we help you push your car out of the ditch? That's cool. And you leave the moment you go, hmm, I wonder. Yeah. I mean, it could just be two big men from Nebraska helped us push the car out of the ditch, but it didn't really feel that way. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. Right. Well, and that's why, that's why, as uh, Hebrews 13 says, we always show hospitality to strangers. Yeah. Because yeah. some have entertained angels unaware. Yeah. And of course, if you're just joining us, we're, we're, the reason why we're talking about angels right now is because this is one of the reasons that uh, we can be confident that, that God has a special care for his church because the, the scripture says that out of all the peoples on the earth, God sends his angels as ministers, and he doesn't do that for everyone. Now, we're arriving at this last reason. We have a couple of minutes left, brothers. Uh, we're, what we're talking about is that, that God's providence governs all peoples, but he does especially care for his church. How do we know this? Here's the last reason for today is that the people of God are the only people that do bear up the name and the glory of God in the whole world. So how is that an argument that God especially cares for his people? 
God's glory is at stake in us. Um, we bear his image um, being recreated in us after the fall with, with in the face of Jesus Christ. And so his care of us actually is a reflection upon himself. Um, and so as his name bearers, as his image bearers, as his children, um, his glory is wrapped up in, in our lives. Um, so sometimes scriptures use this as a, as a call to obedience. Since you bear the name of Christ, um, let your behavior reflect well upon him. And then sometimes it will say, since you bear the name of Christ, since you are a child of God, God's glory is at stake in his care of you. Um, so both arguments are used in scripture. Do I have anything to add there, Professor Phil? Not, not at all. Amen. <laughs> I, I, I just made this one scripture. So, you know, J Jesus, when he meets the woman at the well, he, he says that those who worship God must worship him in spirit and truth. And he says that the father seeks such as worship him. And, Maybe just to kind of uh, compliment what you're saying, uh, Russ. I mean, God sent Jesus into the world to create and establish worshipers for him. And so he, he, he has such a vested interest in this that he sent his only son to die and to, to be buried and to be raised again on the third day to that end, uh, to glorify his name. And, and that's a wonderful argument. That, that God's glory is on the line in taking care of us. That one wonderful verse from Romans 8.32, if God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Which just means this, if you're listening, that, that God will provide everything that you need during this crisis that is for his glory and for, his ultimate, and for your ultimate good. It might not be what you think, but it will ultimately be for his glory and for your good. You've been listening to the gospel for life. We will see you next time.